Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Because I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Moses had stage fright. And David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen in the chain. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern, again flying solo this week. Looking forward to having Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church back in studio with me as soon as possible. Hey, before we get to our guest, I need to thank David Urban. He is the CEO of Missionary Athletes International. We had uh, David on Faith in the Zone a number of weeks ago, and there was an article that uh, I read during research to, uh, to interview David uh, for this show, and it was from a young lady named Bree Mickelson. Uh, and the name of the article is The Secret of Sports Ministry, Lessons from Japan. And I mentioned that. In fact, we talked about that a lot uh, with David, and I said, boy, I, I sure would like to be able to reach out to her and have her as a guest, and, and David said, hey, I'll do better. I said, really? And he goes, yeah, you got to meet Paul Gizzi. He said, man, this guy's got uh, some unbelievable stories. He's a really good, strong man of, of faith, and he is, uh, he is really involved with uh, Missionary Athletes International. He uh, handles the Japan Ministries, and he was with, in fact, quoted in the article that Bree had written, and I said, man, I'd love to meet him, and and thank goodness, and we've been able to talk a little bit here for a few minutes, and then a little bit earlier in the week, and we were joined for the entire hour. His name is Paul Gizzi. Living in Southern Cal, I asked him before we started recording, what's the weather like? He said, man, you don't want to know. Like 75 and sunny. You boys up in Wisconsin in January. Man, we're a lot tougher than you boys in Southern Cal, Paul. Thanks a lot for your time, brother. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. It's uh, very 
uh, it's a joy to be with you here today. Let's put it that way. Weather aside. Well, I really appreciate your time. Before we get into your background in history, let's talk a little bit about about Bree. Is it, is it Mickelson? Yes. Bree Mickelson. Mickelson. I, and well, I've read this article a number of times, and and it looks to me that I I, I highlighted one paragraph more than most, and I want to kind of start with that paragraph. And here's what she wrote. Wait, what? What was the point then? Then what was the point of our short-term trip? To put it bluntly, we were the bait to attract the Japanese, and the pastors and long-term missionaries were the ones responsible for evangelism and fostering deeper relationships. Soccer ministry, though slow, is a very natural way to plant relationships. It does not offend the people, but rather becomes an attractive way to engage them with the Japanese church they otherwise wouldn't consider attending, Gizzi explained. And now Bree is back talking, and she says, With this truth, I unburdened myself of my delusions and embraced my humble role in God's mission. And I, Paul, I have to tell you, I've read that paragraph to a number of people, and I've read it to myself a number of times, because this is a really young person that wrote this. Bria, I think she probably is a college-age kid, and for her to get it and to understand it, and when she says, wait, we, you know, we were the bait to attract the soccer players. We were playing soccer. We were the bait to, to attract the Japanese and once I unburdened myself from my delusions and embraced my humble role in God's mission, and I thought she just hit it right on the button. She not only hit it on the button, she took it into her own heart. In fact, she has spent the last three years, uh, other than this last year of COVID restrictions, in the country of China, Beijing to be particular, doing missions work. Wow. And I have to tell you, uh, you know, as Dave Urban said, I'll do you better. Well, I'm not any better. Believe me, I, I when I read that article myself that we wrote, not only is she a phenomenal uh, writer with an ability to express, you know, her heart and words, it touched me to the point where I had to get my wife and say, honey, you got this girl gets it. All the, it is so hard sometimes to explain the strategy of ministry through sports to the Japanese, you know, are, we, we are trained as Americans to look for results immediately. And it's really hard to just be a spoke in the wheel, so to speak, that slowly turns uh, the Japanese to Christ. So uh, she has it, she's uh, penned it so well. And, and Paul, for, for, for somebody at that age, to be able to say, hey, look, I, to, to take all my pride away, take that part of it and move it out of my way, because, look, I understand that I'm just the bait to draw people in and, and, and then move on. And, look, when she says, I unburdened myself of my delusions, I circled that probably 50 times, because any of us that do any kind of work like this, every once in a while— you're laying in bed thinking, "Am I doing any good with this? Am I? Is anybody listening to this?" And and once I, and here is probably a you know a 22 year old girl teaching an old man like me a very yep. valuable lesson 
that that look once if I can do more of that unburden myself of my delusions when it comes to this this little show we do here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin called Faith in the Zone, you know I I just think and just embrace the humble role in God's mission. I think if the next time you talk to her, would you tell her that she's got a huge fan here in Milwaukee? Yeah, ironically, we're due to talk next week. Please. And look, if she's if if there's any chance that I know if she's in China or she's in Southern Cal now, I don't know where she's she's living right now. I think you said she other than, uh, you know, before COVID, she was in China. Is she still in China or is she here now? No, she's here. She's here in Southern California. We're meeting next week for lunch. Would you please uh, ask her and further engage in sports ministry with us here? Do me do me a favor and tell her about this show. Ask her to go to faithinthezone.com and tell her that I would love to invite her to be a guest. Absolutely. I would like to That's I would like to deal. talk to to a young person like her that wrote this article. And guys, let me tell you where you can find the article. And and trust me, well, I, I'm not kidding. Trust me when I tell you it's going to be worth looking. It's maisoccer.com, maisoccer.com, and the name of the article is The Secret of Sports Ministry Lessons from Japan. And you, once you start reading this article, you will read the entire article, and it's a good read. It's a longer read, like you would imagine, um, because she had a great trip and she had a lot to say. But, boy, I'll tell you what, when you get done reading the article, you're going to go back and reread it because there's going to be a number of things that you missed. I did not miss this paragraph, not one time. And I just smiled. And I know it's coming. I know exactly what she's going to say. But when she says, with the truth, I unburdened myself of my delusions and embraced my humble role in God's mission, I just can't. You know, we, we learn lessons all day long, but... When you're my age, Paul, never, not very seldom does it come from you know a 22 year old college kid. But boy, oh boy, she did, and I can, and I'd love to be able to thank her in person. I think she'll absolutely be delighted to speak with you. In fact, I have to tell you that when I read that article, in 25 years of I've probably done 35 short term mission trips to Japan during that time. She is the first one that has ever put it to words like that. And, in fact, I had just about given up on Japan at one point because I think, as many Americans, we want to see the results. We want to, I would often think, man, if I was in, a say, a Hispanic culture or a third-world country where you preach the Word and the Holy Spirit just uh, falls on the place and people are turning to Christ, Japan is not that place. But that would have been exciting to see. I just thought sports ministry might even be the answer to turn the Japanese to Christ 25 years ago. And here we are 25 years later, and it's still so slow. But we have seen so many uh, uh, results that just come slowly. I had a Japanese pastor say to me once, I'm sorry, an American missionary and a Japanese pastor, Paul, I think your sports ministry is more effective in reaching the Japanese than many missionaries I see that labor in small churches. And it's it's a strategy, and, and Bree put it so well. It's the attraction, and then by partnering with the churches, the lay people in the churches, bringing our opponents, non-believing Buddhists, uh, by culture, I would say only, not by practice, by culture, bringing them into the church and dispelling the myths 
that it's a weird place to be for the Japanese, then they come back often uh, to meet with the pastors, even when we're not there. And uh, you've got to find that champion of a Japanese pastor that also gets it and gets the fact that if he will create relationship outside the four walls of that church with the Japanese soccer teams, coaches, officials, etc., uh, we have long-lasting relationship now and a lot of results uh, that have come out of the proven uh, love and care for them. So, Well, I'll tell you. So Paul Gizzi is going to be our guest the entire hour, and we, we spent a lot of that first segment on bringing that article um, because it had such an impact, and obviously not just on me, because Paul knows her personally, and he's been, you know, he grew up in Japan, and for, for him to be touched by this article uh, that she wrote, I, I think it was important for us to to kind of be our jumping-off point. Um, Paul, really quickly, because we have just a few minutes left in, in segment number one, uh, you grew up in in uh, in Japan. Your parents, uh, I believe, were minister, uh, missionaries to Japan as well as U.S. military um, there, and you met your wife, Vicki, uh, there, and— Played professional soccer here in the States with the Seattle Sounders and the San Jose Earthquakes. And if you guys are soccer guys, man, you know those teams. You you know yeah. what what quality soccer that was uh, back in the day. And and certainly you've you've made a number of trips uh, back to Japan and and brought a lot of um, people, a lot of soccer teams and soccer people with you. And let's talk a little bit about growing up in 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 Japan and and your the idea of getting back to the states to play soccer was that that had to interest you quite a bit. Yeah, you know, mom and dad were missionaries that answered General MacArthur's call to evangelize Japan after the war, and so they graduated from Biola University out here on the West Coast. And in 1948, they went to Kobe, Japan. There was no military ministry involved at that time, but about eight years later, they moved to southern Japan, south of Hiroshima, and uh, I was born, by the way, in Kobe after their first year missions, and then uh, I was in Japan through the age of 14, and so we grew up, we would go to school on the U.S. military base, but after school, our friends would be Japanese kids in the neighborhood. Man. And so that's where we learned uh, the language, we learned the culture, and lo- to love the people. We lived out in an old samurai house, and uh, it was idyllic. No TV, you know, no movies, no dancing, you know, the old regular, uh, very legalistic uh, upbringing. But boy, oh boy, it was just, as I look back, I feel so blessed to have had a different culture, a second culture, uh, in my heart and my life. So, hey, hey, Paul, I may have misspoke. Did, uh, did you meet Vicki there, or did you meet Vicki here at, uh, in the States? I met Vicki in my junior year at Biola University. Okay. I was playing soccer, and uh, she was uh, helping out. She was one of the actual prayer warriors for the team. And I decided it'd be kind of nice to have her on my prayer warrior team. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I, I've seen a picture of you two together, and, and welcome to the club, brother. Because, yeah. like all of us, you all kicked your coverage by about a mile. Yeah, I, I married up for sure. Yes, you did. And 45 years later, we're still hanging out. Man, well, t- Terry and I started uh, holding hands the day after we graduated from high school in 1977. And uh, so we've been together a long time, and I tell her that she took a run at the championship, and she won. 
And she says, yeah, take the garbage out, boy. Whatever. I don't know what you're talking about. Our guest for the entire hour, he is Paul Gizzi. He is not only is he an author, and we're going to talk about his book on the other side of the break, but director of advancement Japan Ministries for the Southern Cal Seahorses. And now the Southern Cal Seahorses is a division of Missionary Athletes International. You can go Seahorses Soccer, SeahorsesSoccer.com, SeahorsesSoccer.com, or certainly um, you can do you can go to MAI uh, and take a look at uh, it's MAI Soccer. And take a look at some of the things that uh, that these guys do. And, and if you remember David Urban from a while back, a few weeks ago, I guess maybe a month ago now, um, boy, just on fire for the Lord and doing some really good work. And, and uh, I thank him again for the introduction to Paul Gizzi. We'll continue our conversation with him on the other side. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight, you picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story oh, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan, I am Mike McGivern, and our special guest. Man, Paul Gizzi's done a lot of things. I can tell you that. He's been to a lot of places and spent a lot of time in Japan. And I, I just really, um, one day would love to be able to pick his brain about some of the stories that have happened to him in, in, in all of his you know travels. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about this book in the second segment, Paul. Um, before we get to the book, if, if I could ask you to share your testimony, the second segment on Faith in the Zone, uh, we always kind of get everybody's testimony, and it has quickly become you know, our favorite segment of Faith in the Zone because everybody's got a story. They're all different, and, and it, they're, they're always amazing to me, whether it's you know, somebody who's never stolen a candy bar or somebody like Pastor Daryl Strawberry and myself right. who did a lot of things that we shouldn't be doing, but if the Lord's willing to accept us. Come on, I, I don't know what uh, what some of these buddies of mine, some of these other coaches that, that listen to the show, what, what you guys are waiting for, but you could make that call to me at any time. Um, yeah. Paul, if you could share your testimony with us, I would really appreciate that. Absolutely. You know, Sometimes we would love to have this spectacular, dramatic uh, life change transformation experience to share. But the reality is, as a youngster, as a six-year-old, I knelt down uh, at the bedside with my after mom read us devotions that night and asked the Lord into my heart. And in fact, I think I had my first evangelistic uh, foray uh, right afterwards because I said, Mom. I think Tim, my brother, he needs to do this, too. I was worried about him. And uh, so when I was then 13 years old in Japan, went to a small missionary school up in Tokyo, Japan, Christian Academy in Japan. 
uh, it was at that freshman year when I began to realize through a chapel speaker that I said, Lord, if you didn't come into my heart when I was six because I didn't think I knew what I was doing, I certainly want you in my heart now because I understand a lot more what I'm, what you did for me and what I want to be about and who I want to serve. And, you know, we go through the motions, I think, as the typical teenage years. And uh, I graduated uh, from high school, played sports, went to Biola University, uh, played soccer and tennis. But then uh, I, the Lord got a hold of me in a different way. I played ball for four years. And uh, after playing soccer uh, professionally for four years, the Lord led me into teaching and uh, in a small Christian school for 12 years, I was a PE teacher, athletic director, eventually became principal. And that's really where the Lord got a hold of me uh, in a new way that drew me to missions. My call wasn't to missions. My call was my heart was breaking one, after, one rainy afternoon when I watched these high school kids just sort of, it was rainy in California when it rains, we don't know what to do. And uh, my heart just broke for these kids. Here I was, a person of, with more influence in that school as a principal than anyone, and I was still just um, doing my thing and trying to take care of my family and my image and everything else. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of me that afternoon, and I was under such burden for these kids to be more bold. I didn't know what the Lord was doing, but I knew that I, as I walked out and got onto my, into my cabin, got on my knees, said, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever it is, help me to be sold out to you. And over the next six months, the Lord began to draw me to this ministry called Missionary Athletes International. And uh, as I began to realize that, uh, the song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Look Full in His Wonderful Face, and the Things of Earth Will Grow Strangely Dim in the light of his glory and grace, that song just floated through my heart in the middle of one night, and I just woke up in a fright going, what? And as I looked at verse 1, 2, and 3, this completes my testimony. But verse 1 says, O soul, are you weary, troubled and weary? There's a light for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. My hesitation of going into missions, having grown up at the mission field, is I didn't want to do that thing. I had watched Mom and Dad struggle. So I said, okay, Lord, if you're putting this song in the middle of my heart, in the middle of the night, I've got to see what these first two says. And it basically says, sin no more hath dominion over you through Christ. We are more than conquerors. And I'll never forget, my biggest reason for not wanting to be in ministry was I didn't feel adequate. Until you realize in that song, God reminds you that it's not your adequacy that allows you to be used. We're all a bunch of messes, and God's adequacy allows you to be used. And Amen. now I'm going, I don't even want to see verse 3, because I know the Lord's got a message there for me, too. <laughs> and verse 3 says, Now go, tell the salvation story to a world that is lost and dying. Oh, my word. Those are marching orders that the Lord used in a little song, and I'm not even a musically-oriented guy. But that was my launching point, and then the rest was uh, after fighting with the Lord over that decision, to finally give in and say, Lord, I want to flourish I want to step onto the road to becoming all you intended me to be. And uh, MEI has been where I've ministered now for the last 28 years with such joy in sharing that experience for myself, the transformative power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to other kids who are looking to flourish with life, not just go into a career. 
He is and it has been so rewarding, no regrets whatsoever. He is Paul Gizzi. He is uh, the Director of Advancement in Japan Ministries uh, for Southern Cal Seahorses. And, uh, again, Southern Cal Seahorses, a division of Missionary Athletes International. Hey, Paul, do you remember um, when you told Vicki about these verses and this song and what what you thought the Lord was was uh, was doing in your heart and, and planning for you? I knew that unless she felt called as well to the ministry, that would not be a good thing. She had actually encouraged me to maintain my job there as, as the principal of that school, small Christian uh, college prep high school. And uh, I knew that if she was going to do this faith-based support ministry, she was going to have to be on board with me. And the Lord absolutely answered the questions of her heart uh, two weeks later in such a personal way that we moved together into ministry with MAI. And that's why having Dave Urban, as you say, uh, such a, I just love that man. He came on board as our CEO three years ago now. And one of the first things he did was to come over to Japan with me and find out what is God doing in Japan and how is he using you, Gizzy? And boy, that, that just ministered to my heart so deeply. Boy, that's, that's awesome. You know, it's, it's interesting because when you said, look, sometimes when you want, when you give your testimony, it's it's almost like you you wish you had this this life changing experience. And, and I'll tell you a quick story, Paul. I I, I did. I um I, I'm a hundred percent Irish, and you know what that means, Paul? That means that I got in a lot of fights as a kid and probably drank a little too much and did some things that not not uh, not real proud of, and. I, once I started doing faith in the zone, and, and my testimonies, my my wife prayed for me for years, and uh, I came home, you know, early in the morning, late at night one time, and and she said, uh, "Here's the deal, you uh, you know what, you need to knock this off, become the man that I know you can become, mm-hmm. and or you're gonna live the rest of your life in a loveless marriage." And man, I. I love her. I, 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 you know, so I went to see a pastor down at Eastside Baptist Church and uh, so I walked in and and I waited for the service to leave because I was embarrassed. I was there and I walked in. I said, hey, I need some help. And he said, close the door. And he said, I knew you'd come. And I said, excuse me. He said, I didn't know when, but your wife has been praying for you for years. I knew you'd come. And wow. sure enough, so yeah, so all of this you know happened in, uh, a long time ago, and we start doing faith in the zone, and I get asked to speak at, at some churches and, and speak to men's groups. And the first time I did it, Paul, I went out and there was like 270 men, and I got up and I and I just bared it all, told them everything. Mm-hmm. And when it was over, the pastor came up and he said, "Man, that was great." I said, "Never again." And he goes, "Excuse me?" I said, "Never again." I go, boy, I'm so embarrassed. He said, Mike, on your show, you talk about uh, some people, the worst thing they do is steal a candy bar. He goes, that's me. He goes, there's 50 guys out there that are doing the same thing that you used to do, and they won't talk to me about it, but they'll talk to you. And I said, Pastor, don't talk to me anymore. Don't call me. Lose my number, pal. And he started (laughs) laughing. I said, I don't want to hear this. He said, it's not about you, Mike. Yep. And I said, all right, Pastor. So since then, I've probably had the opportunity four, five, six times to go out and speak at different churches. And once it was my home church, and uh, it was a men's group, and, and my wife said, hey, you know what? I think I'll come and help the women serve the food and stuff. 
I said, oh, baby, I don't know if I, no, nah, I don't. She goes, no, it's be all right. I, I'll come listen to your testimony. And I said, no, I don't think I watch you there. She goes, nope, I'm going to be there. So do, you know what? Do your best, pal. And, yeah, uh, yeah I can't can't thank Terry enough. That That is for sure. And obviously, Vicki has been such a good partner with you on this. You just made me think of something I've got to share with you when you said you spoke to these men. And there's a saying that I've kept with me for 20 years plus years now that I heard from a navigator's fellow. And he says, you know, when you – Share your victories and strengths. You become competitors in the game of life. But when you share your failures, your weakness, and vulnerabilities, you step onto the road to becoming true brothers and sisters in Christ. And the people I have the best relationship and the most authentic with are those that I can just admit, this is who I am, and this is these are my weaknesses. Those are the people that I seem to love the most and love me the most. Well, and you know what? Honest and authentic with them, and it gets. And for me, it it does. It gets. It gets right back to Bree's article. It gets right back to that. Unburden myself about my delusions, and embraced my humble role in God's mission. Yeah, you know, I I can stand up in front of these guys, and 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 some now are you know our friends and and people that didn't know a whole lot about because I was very sneaky about some of this stuff. To be able to do this, and and uh, you know, I, I felt like, boy, oh boy, how, how are they looking at me? Well, it doesn't matter how they look at me. You know what? Yep. I my wife and I are still holding hands, and and uh, you know, we love each other, and we have these four wonderful grandchildren. And how how many do you have now? We have four children. We have eleven grandchildren. You have eleven. Yes, sir. Man, that's that's actually one of the reasons I decided to write this book. Initially, I felt like I wanted to leave a legacy for what the Lord has done in our lives, transforming us. And, and I have to tell you that uh, one of the things you just mentioned, there's the whole thing of playing soccer professionally, uh, there was a lot of pride. Uh, you know, at this point, the Lord has always allowed me to uh, be humbled when I get too full of myself. Right. <laughs> And yet, at the same time, I also recognized that he had given me that opportunity to learn in the in the world's uh, cauldron, you know, so to speak, of uh, by playing ball. And so it's it's something that needed to be taken advantage of. But meanwhile, keeping humble while so doing. And so I realize now, as I look at the 28 years of ministry in the game of soccer, the benefits that having played ball for four years gave to me, and you know the. So, so there's a lot of benefit to that. But uh, yeah, my wife has been with me the whole way. Good for uh, her. Encouraging the ministry. She's been on many missions trips to Mexico with us, to Japan, of course. And of course, I was all over Europe for a while as well. But bottom line, it's like one of my former athletes said to me, Coach, do you realize how many people you've influenced over the last, you know, years? I was a high school coach and teacher. Of course, I teach part time at Biola University. And then, of course, we have our Seahorse uh, soccer ministry. We have a minor league men's team and amateur teams and, of course, the camps. And then we take these trips, short-term missions trips that are so intense, you're connected for life once these trips are over often. And so you have such an opportunity to impact, I think, more people for the country of Japan from having not lived there but bringing people there, introducing them to the Japanese. I love to see uh, – I love to see the 
continuation of relationship with some of these short-term missions people with the folks in on ground in Japan. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Hey, let's get to a break because I want to spend the last two segments on this book. Um, if I asked you when you were a junior, senior in high school, if I said, hey, you're going to be an author one day, what would you have told me? Not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Yeah, I, not a chance. I, I love that. When I was the principal of that Christian school, I would bring a student in that was um, struggling academically and pull out my transcript from Biola. And on my sophomore year, I would show them stamped in red, academic probation. <laughs> That's and right. I would do that to motivate them, saying, you know, uh, I didn't like schoolwork either, guys. But it's going to set you up. Or whatever God wants you to do with your life, and so you better, you know, get to it as soon as you can. One hundred percent. He is Paul yep. Gizzi again. We're, he is an author, and we're going to talk about this book, uh, God's Fingerprints. In what is the name? And this, it, 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 uh, it kind of ran off from from my from my uh, printer here today. It stopped at God's fing, uh, Fingerprints. In in coincidence. In coincidence. God's fingerprints. Book, I will refer to those as what I call God incidences. There you go. God's fingerprints in coincidence and uh, a testament of God's purposeful engagement for the delight of his children. We're going to talk to Paul about it, and there's a number of ways that you can pick up the book, and we'll let you know um, the easiest way. On the other side of the break, again, he is Paul Gizzi. I should say he is Vicky's husband. That's the way we will talk about him from, from here on out. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brain Balance of Mequon. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen and you changed the world. Uh, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Boy, this has been a really good show for me. I, I'm a big fan of Paul Gizzi's. David Urban, again, thank you. You're right. The, I, we could do four shows with him, and, and I'm not sure we would get all the stuff that I'm looking for um, from Paul. He's the Director of Advancement and Japan Ministries for the South, uh, Southern Cal Seahorses. They are part of uh, Missionary Athletes International. You can, one word, seahorsessoccer.com if you want more information uh, about them. And Paul is also an author. And and this is the first book that you've ever written is what I'm reading. And, you know, at the end of the last segment, you said, look, I I never thought I'd be a, a, a uh, an author. And I'm sure my, my English teachers back in the day didn't think so either. But let's talk about the idea of writing this book. Where did it come from, Paul? Well, I was originally going to do something. I wanted to leave a legacy for my grandkids. Uh, at the same time, on all these ministry trips, things were happening that were so amazing that guys were saying, Paul, you got to write this stuff down, man. This is crazy. Uh, for instance, 
1980, I'm in Israel on the Via de la Rosa where Christ had carried the cross as a soccer team. And uh, somebody, we were all bartering for the same island, item, all these tourist traps, you know. Uh, someone stepped out, yelled down to three stores further and said, Gizzy, how much are you getting it for? And I told him, and someone said, you guys have a Gizzy on your team? Yeah. It happened to be my sister's boyfriend from Japan growing oh, up as a kid. Here we are halfway around the world. And I'm going, that is bizarre that on that day, at that time, at that place, we would have met. And, and somebody yells like your name out. Time. Yeah. yeah. Well, this I, the, the name I, of the book, and let me give people the name. I'm sorry, Paul. It's yeah. uh, God's Fingerprints in Coincidence. And again, a testament of God's purple, uh, purposeful engagement for the delight of his children. And the, the life story of Paul Gizzi and how God deeply impacted and surprised him over and over. Written over a seven-year period, started in 2013 and wrapped up. Uh, in 2020, during this this COVID time that that we have, and and you know the, the Lord maybe said, "Hey, Paul, you got to slow down for a minute and finish this book I want you to write," and uh, certainly got this thing done. As we're talking to Paul about it, here's where you can pick it up, um, and you want to grab a pen real quick. It's bit.ly forward slash Gizzy Book, and a capital G and a capital B, so it's G I Z Z I. B O O K. Bit dash bit dash L Y forward slash Gizzy book. And look, if you didn't write that down and you want to get a hold of me here at the radio station, I can I could get that information, but I'll uh, I'll talk more about it throughout the next two segments. But let's talk about um, this book. Was it a difficult uh, book for you to to write? And what was the best part about it? Now, I'm not a writer, and to be honest with you, I, on my 60th birthday, two friends gave me a leather-bound journal, and I almost looked up towards the sky and said, okay, Lord, are you trying to send me a message I'm supposed to write this and get it going? And so I wrote in that journal on the front of it to my wife, to my kids, to my grandkids, here's what I'm going to do, here's why I'm going to do it, and then I went to the back of the book. And I wrote 1980, Israel and Jordan, 1980. And I went and listed a bunch of things so that I wouldn't forget, if I ever got back to it, what to write about. And so here I am a couple years later, 63 years old, 64, and I'm going, Gizzy, you're not getting any younger. You better just get started. I took it on a plane flight to Japan. And one of the most bizarre things, I realized I needed to write a bio. And so I did just that. It took me about an hour and a half. And then I said, okay. And I, I literally wrote these words down. I'm going to write the first God incidents now. And just at that moment, the flight attendant on a United Airlines flight, a white guy speaking Japanese, unlike I had ever heard anyone speak it, came to my side and I said in Japanese to him, why do you speak such good Japanese? He says, why do you? I said, I grew up there. He said, so did I. He said, are you a missionary kid? I go, yeah. He says, so am I. He says, what? What's your name? I said, Paul Gizzy. He says, you're kidding. My parents worked with your parents. I remember that name. Unbelievable. And the Bowman family. I said, the Bowmans? I'm going to have lunch with the Bowman family this week. Well, if you knew anything about the Bowman family, it's a tragic story. Missionaries that work with my parents, they lost all four kids in a boating accident. They took all four kids back to the U.S., buried them, came back to Japan three weeks later. Well, how can I be having lunch 
with a Bowman kid who had dated. She was now married to a missionary who had dated this cabin attendant that I'm talking to on the airplane. And it turns out God gave this Bowman family, three weeks after coming back to Japan, four new children in the same gender and birth order as the first four. No. I'm having lunch with one of them, and we're talking, and I'm just so blown away. I could not stop riding for the next six and a half hours on that airplane and went through every God incident I could think of, and that prompted me. Um, But that's how the Lord got it started for me. But I knew that my premise was this. God loves to do one of two things and when he does these things in our lives, and it's a parallel. It's not meant to just be about Paul Gizzi's. Every one of us has things where you can see God's fingerprint in our life, and he's either arranged a God incident, a divine appointment, things that make you say, you've got to be kidding me. What are the chances of that having happened? Uh, unbelievable. And so those are the things I want to call our attention to that, yes, God loves to engage with his children simply to delight us or because he's got a great purpose in doing so. So that's my premise in writing the book and lots of fun stories that are all true. Again, God, God's, I'm sorry, Paul, God's fingerprints and coincidence. It is about how God loves to engage with his children with a deep purpose or sometimes just to delight us as any good father would, would do. And here is, again, if, if now you've grabbed that pen, it's bit.ly forward slash Gizzy Book, capital G, capital B, G-I-Z-Z-I Book, bit.ly forward slash Gizzy Book. Um, best way to, 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 to pick it up, and I can tell you that I, I love the cover of, of this book, and I'm looking forward to, to reading it. I've not read it yet, but I promise you that that I will. And I will share how I feel about it. I, I'm looking forward to it. Anytime that you get to hear stories about a, a man that's lived the life like Paul Gizzy has and some of the things that, that God has put in his life. Again, God's Fingerprints in Coincidence is the name of the book. The author is Paul Gizzy, Director of Advancement and Japan Ministries for Southern Cal Seahorses, and he is an author. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to wrap this thing up. Paul, one question I'd like to ask uh, uh, yeah. athletes and guys that are involved in sports and played a lot of sports in their life, if I took all the uniforms that you wore as an athlete and I hung them in the closet and said, go pick one because I can get you one more game with that team, which uniform would you pick and who would you play? And we're going to ask you that. So give that some thought during the break. Again, Paul Gizzi, the name I've of the book. You. I've got an answer for you. That's perfect. The name of the book, and and I want you to t- take a look at this book, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, it is his life story, and it's, it's throughout those years, but it is his existence of, of God's existence and how, it sh- how he sh- will show up in very amazing and deeply personal ways. And Paul writes about those, God's fingerprints in coincidence. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Because I'm just a nobody Trying to tell everybody All about somebody Who saved my soul 
Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The Fan, I'm Mike McGivern, again flying solo this week. Our special guest, Paul Gizzi. Maybe I start with him being an author, director of advancement and Japan ministries for the Southern Cal Seahorses, but he is an author. And this book, God's Fingerprints in Coincidence, I can't wait to read. Paul, during the break, we had talked um, to two different stories, or one that you have at the end of the book. Could you share that with with our listeners? Yeah, I put down here, note for all who read this book, if you're receiving a copy of this at my memorial, please be sure to come visit. In order to do that, follow the instructions on page 64. So on the back of my personal life story, I told my wife I wanted to hand it out in person, but I'm too busy meeting Jesus, my friends, family, and many of my heroes. In fact, I no longer have a bionic knee, back, right shoulder, and I'm in no pain. You've got to come. It's better than you can imagine. That's awesome. That's just awesome. I think that's the best, man. And you had talked about if you want to join me, go to page, was it 67? 64, yeah. 64. Uh, That's where I put a plan of salvation out there. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Hey, we've got about uh, we've got about five minutes total left in in the show, and I know that there was a story from the book that you definitely wanted to share. And, and if we don't get to the uniform part of it, uh, well, I'll ask you that next time you come on. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the story that you wanted to share with us before we get done. You know, I was at one point in our ministry in Japan. I was ready to just give up on Japan. I just didn't feel like we were making. You know, the results, I wasn't seeing them. So I began to pray for fruit. I'd been held back that uh, the summer prior due to uh, back uh, surgery and a pulmonary embolism. The Lord kept me alive, and uh, I knew that there was deep purpose in that. So we went to Japan that summer, and I'm, my prayer had been, Lord, I need to see the fruit. The very first stop, one of the families in the church that we visited walked up and said, Paul, do you recognize me? I said, no. He says, well... We came to the Lord. This is my wife. Here's my children. In your very first ministry in Nagoya back in 1996. And I go, oh, wow, thank you. And all of a sudden it hit me. I had been praying for the Lord to show me fruit, and there's fruit that I didn't even know existed. The next location we went to in Osaka had a young lady who had come to the Lord through our ministry years and years prior. gave her testimony in front of her non-believing Buddhist parents and the whole biology university women's team. And I realized there's disciple truth. Wow, Lord, you are answering my prayers. Third location on a U.S. military base, a young 11-year-old boy named Damien got brought to the Lord. And I go, wow, and new fruit. I said, Lord, forgive me for questioning you. Thank you for answering the prayer of my heart and showing me fruit. We get back to the U.S. and two weeks later, two of the girls from the team run up the ramp when they see me arriving at practice. Coach, coach, you won't believe what happened this weekend. We went to a Japanese church in Anaheim near Disneyland for a class project because we had been to Japan. We wanted to see what it was like in an American Japanese church. The pastor 
asked us why we were there and what we were doing. As they told him, he said, did you go with Seahorse Soccer? Yes. Paul Gizzi? Yes. He says, I need to meet him. I became a believer and on their 1997 ministry to my university. Oh, my. So the Lord went over and above what I ever could have expected to say, Paul, quit worrying about the results. Just be faithful. God's and fingerprints. That so <laughs> I, that's in the book. Oh, it has but, you know, to what be. What a lesson I learned. Yeah, God's fingerprints in coincidence. Uh, that's that's uh, that gave me goosebumps, Paul. That that is the perfect story for this book. That's what I thought too. Yep. It's yeah, just perfect. Hey, really quick because we got to get out. Um, yep. That question again. The way to get this book. Let me just uh, promote that one last time because I really would like the people that listen to this show to pick it up. I think the total cost is fifteen dollars. Correct. Correct. Fifteen dollars. And by the way. Um, you are also going to have this book translated to uh, Japanese, and you're going to hand it out the next trip you go, correct? We are trying to get donations over and above the cost of the book so that we can get it. Tra- it is being translated. It's about half done right now so that when we get to Japan, we will hand it to the Japanese uh, free. We don't, I don't want to be charging Japanese for the book. Uh, the testimony and, and the instructions how to get to know the Lord and the relationship benefits that they could have are written throughout it. It, to me, can be a very powerful tool in the hands of Japanese nonbelievers. So, guys, when when you go to bit.ly forward slash Gizzy book, G-I-Z-Z-I book, and the G and the B capitalized, look, it's a $15 book, but if you can add 5 or 10 or $15, know where that money's going. That money is going to be donated so that he could he could have this book translated, printed, and then handed off to some people in Japan for free. I just think that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> Excuse me, Paul. Before we get out, if I put all the uh, uniforms that you've ever played for in a closet and you could pick one and I could get you one more game, who would you play for and who would you play against? I would go back to 1975, put on my Seattle Sounder jersey. And I sat on the bench and watched my teammates play against Pele on the New York Cosmos. Oh, and I had just gotten a cast off my wrist. I had broken it for 12 weeks, suited up for the first time, and got to watch. I would love to have played that game because Pele would give his jersey to the top American player back in those days from his opponent's team, trying to help promote the game in the U.S. So boy, that would have oh been my choice. You know, um, I had a chance to watch Wayne Gretzky in person from about five rows up. I went to a Minnesota North Stars game, and it's the first hockey game I ever went to. And I knew four minutes in that this was the best hockey player of all time. And Mm. my wife and I went to dinner or grabbed something after, and the guys at the table next to us were like, man, he's a wuss. He never gets hit. And I go, look, I I don't know hockey at all. But I think he's the smartest hockey player I've ever met because he doesn't get hit. And he was he was always like literally two seconds ahead of everybody else. And I'm sure that that's the way it was uh, with Pele. Hey, Paul, thank you so much. Please say hello to Vicky. Next time we have Jan, we're going to ask if we can spend a few minutes with her as well. Hug up those eleven grandkids and those four kids. And and thank you so much for your for your time again. Name of the book is God's. God's fingerprints in coincidence. He is author Paul Gizzi. Have uh, have a good week, Paul. Thanks.
thank you, and I will be sharing this with Bree Mickelson as well. Hey, please do. I look forward to having Bree on, that's for sure. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see Nobody but Jesus When Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.